Where do I start? How do I train recall? How long should we work on healing before moving on? Is crate training really that important? We hear these questions all the time and there's one answer that will help with all of them. The complete step-by-step -step dog training course found at Standing Stone Supply. They break down the what, when, where, and how to train your own dog from eight weeks to one year old. They've got it all laid out for you down to even the daily activity checklist to keep you and your puppy on track. Check out standingstonesupply.com and remember to use code GDIY to save 10%. Being an upland hunter in the South nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20%. GDIY profiles are bonus episodes that tell the stories of how your everyday handler got into the gun dog world. You'll hear plenty of examples of what to do as well as what not to do and how they learn from those experiences. These episodes are being put out to tell the honest stories that we as do-it-yourself dog handlers can all relate to. If you think you would be a good fit for a profile episode, please go to gundogyourself.com and complete the contact form and we may get back to you so that you can share your story. Why is it usually form or function when it comes to shotguns? You either hear about the looks or craftsmanship of this shotgun, while that shotgun over there in the corner hasn't been cleaned in two seasons, but supposedly fits and shoots like a dream. Why can't it be both? This is what Upland Gun Company does. They take your own personal measurements and will construct the very shotgun that should handle like a dream while getting you the looks and custom features that only you can decide on. Whether it's a side-by-side -side or over-under, English stock or full pistol grip, custom engravings such as your dog's portrait, even down to selecting the wood grain on your stock. Head on over to UplandGunCompany.com and build the dream gun that you would carry in the field with your dog for many seasons. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the GDIY Profile. This episode, we have Ryan Linton on the line. Ryan, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing well, man. How about you? Uh, living the dream as always. Go ahead and start off with the obvious. Tell everybody where you're calling from and what kind of dog you run. Yep. So I'm calling from Indiana, Southern Indiana uh, in particular, and I run an American Brittany. Brittany. So first off, living in Southern Indiana, that's not exactly a hotbed of upland hunting in of itself. What kind of got you even looking for, for a dog in the first place? Yeah. So... Um, I tell you the the whole kind of upland hunting piece of it. Um, I, I guess the kind of gateway into all of that was rabbit hunting, um, and and doing all that pretty much without a dog as well. And I just liked the surprise of just never knowing when a rabbit was just going to take off running, and then just happen to make a good shot and at a target that was on the run. And so, um, so yeah, so that that's kind of like where all that kind of at least genesis of that um and that would have been probably eight nine ten years ago um and then um did, did a little bit of bird hunting um and you know just if a covey of quail would get up while you know you're rabbit hunting that was just a bonus kind of deal uh but i didn't really start hunting with bird dogs until uh, my brother um, who lives in iowa he got a bird dog and we started pheasant hunting and quail hunting with that and uh just just absolutely loved it and so um, you know, fast forward a few years from, from there, um, I'm here now, uh, with my very own bird dog. And so that's how all that came to be. 
makes sense so you're kind of just an opportunist hunting uh rabbits that just come across quail on occasion and then your brother in iowa that's that's more of an upland area right so it kind of makes sense how, how you would kind of come across it now what what got in your head about britneys you know that britneys are kind of a unique uh bird dog you see them around quite a bit but probably not as often as what you once did uh probably decades ago but what what attracted you to the britney probably like a lot of dudes just you know you just look up like iowa pheasant hunting or south dakota pheasant hunting or georgia quail hunting whatever you know is your flavor and uh so i just found this dude um that was on youtube and um and it was iowa pheasant hunting and uh just watched him and his britneys um actually ended up sending him a message on facebook so this would have been probably five six years ago and um and said hey like i just you know just really enjoyed just watching your video and um, you know, there are places, you know, that a dude like me could come out to Iowa and have a realistic chance, you know, like on public, a public piece of ground, like a, a fine rooster or two. And, um, and he was just so nice. He said, well, why don't you just come out and hunt with me? So, um, I was just like, you know, you know how bird hunters are. We're just like, okay, well, we'll just go meet the stranger that we've, you know, <laughs> never seen in person before. And, uh, yeah, I'll jump in a car with you and, and go, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. So, uh, so that's what I did. And so, uh, um, yeah it, and it was just a fantastic experience and i got to hunt with his britneys um and i don't know there was just i just i just kind of had it nestled in my in my heart and in my mind that if i ever dog of my own it was probably going to be a britney um and so i've got a a, a mentor um here uh, lives a couple hours from me as well and and he he runs britneys and so um and we hunt together every uh every fall and he's he's a good friend of mine and um so i'm just kind of in that frame of mind so to speak kind of more probably with, with that particular breed than any other um so for me it just kind of made sense and every person that i talked to just about britney's by and large you know you've always got um you know a dog in from a particular breed that just does not turn out well but e the majority of it was like man they're so good they're great hunters they're good in the house um and i would say for us like in particular our britney she's a female and she's barely even 30 pounds. And so I always tell people it's just like having a big cat in the house more than the dog. <laughs> and so that was definitely a draw too. So just enormous prey drive, but then just like a sweetheart in the house as yeah. well. Oh, I mean, for those people that don't understand you, maybe they have the bigger, bigger lines or bigger breeds The man, having the little smaller pocket rockets is what I call them. It's nice. I mean, once you go in the little small dog area and just traveling and feeding and vet costs, it's, it's kind of hard to get me intrigued for a, a bigger dog now that I've had two smaller ones. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause you run a Munster Lander, right? And a, and a GSP. Yeah. And my, and my short hair, she's uh, on the smaller side anyway, you know, short hairs, it's, you know, there's, there's so much difference amongst the breed as there is, you know, spaced out with other yeah. breeds. It, it's just, you, you'll come across like my short hair, which is 35 to 40 pounds. And then, you know, you can come across a short hair five seconds later, that's, you know, freaking 80 pounds. So there's so yeah. much differences within the short hair lines. But uh, I, I tell you what, man, it's just, I really, really enjoy the little pocket rockets. Uh, you know, I'm with you on that front. So it, correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, did, is the Brittany your first dog or did you say that you're hunting with your own dogs when you're rabbit hunting? No, first, first dog. So uh, it, as an adult, you know, I mean, we had like, you know, a dog growing up and everything, but it wasn't a hunting dog. It was just a house dog. Gotcha. Uh, but first time, you know dog owner and specifically bird dog owner so so yeah. have you trained trained your dog what, what was her name did you say it her name is creek creek 
So yeah. did, did you train Creek yourself? Uh, kind of walk me through how that began, getting your first bird dog home and figuring out how to train them. Did you go to a pro trainer? You know, what was your process with all that? Yeah, so it was all uh, just as your podcast, you know, says it's DIY. <laughs> and so we we brought her home at seven weeks old, uh, and so that would have been uh, coming here at the end of March. Will be a year since we've had her. Um, and so the first, you know, obviously, um, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but you know, that those first few months are just like, Hey, let's learn how to be good in the house and not pee on the floor and like just stuff <laughs> like that, you know? Um, and just really a very like bonding, uh, initially. Um, and then that summer, it would have been June, um, is when, uh, we started introducing her to, to birds and to gunfire, um, and so, um, my, my mentor that I talked about a couple hours away, I drove up to see him in the Indianapolis area, um, at a bird dog club. And, uh, and it was hilarious because, uh, we, I had a, a live pigeon and just kind of let her smell or whatever, and then just released it. And she just took off running. And I wish you could see the video. Cause it was just, she was like, burp, 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 burp. I mean the whole way for like just forever, just chasing this pigeon <laughs> and that, that bird, that prey drive is not let up really at all um and um and so yeah and just like introduction to gunfire was so easy because just just doing that in that moment i mean she just now it's just when we do it at home and i'll do like a starter pistol because i've got i've got pigeons at the house here too um and i mean she just won't even acknowledge the gun and so um it's uh it's just that's so we've done that um and then really just uh um, a lot of just, just like manners in the house and just kind of, you know, like, Hey, don't just lay down or whoa or whatever. Um, and I would say, honestly, man, like more than like other than that, it's just, I've just taken her hunting, um, and just kind of let her figure that out for herself. Um, and that's, and, and I am amateur and like a, a newbie when it comes to all this. So I don't want to knock any training. Um, but one is like, I, you know, I, I really want to see this dog develop for myself and, and, and put that, um, like I, I want to like have a very hands-on experience when it comes to like raising you and training you. Um, and so for me, it was just this, at least for this first season, I think there'll be things that we shaping up here in the seasons to come, um, in the training season, but it was really, I just wanted to make sure not gun shy. And, and really that's it. And let's just yeah. go hunting. Yeah. And so, uh, so starting in September, um, I took her to Michigan and, uh, we did a grouse and woodcock kind of combo up there. Um, and actually it was, it was awesome because the woodcock season came in the same day as grouse season this year in Michigan. So that worked out nicely and we were able to get into quite a few woodcock, um, up there, uh, back in the middle of September, took her out to North Dakota and Montana in October. Uh, came back here uh, for November and December um, in here in Indiana for quail and for, uh, for pheasant, and uh, and now I've you know I've I've been uh, going south for uh, you know those those Appalachian ghosts as you say. So, uh, so, so yeah, man, uh, you, you really got after it your first season. I mean that that's a that's a lot of miles, especially if you're a, a young dog's first season. That's setting them up good. How how did Creek take? all the different types of species did she kind of really excel at one as opposed to the others yeah so uh so you know when i took her to michigan that was september i mean she was like six months old so honestly she didn't even really know what we were doing yeah <laughs> you know i mean it's just like hey i'm gonna hunt and you're welcome to join me it was kind of how it was at that point <laughs> and um 
And so, uh, but you know, I, I say that that second day, like she was, she really started to get on the woodcock and, um, we, I felt like the second day I was kind of starting to figure out like where a bird was going to be at or where a good chance we were bumping into one. And there was a lot of resident woodcock is what I was told up there this year. And so it sure seemed like it. So, um, so she was, she was locating birds that second day. Um, and, and out West was great too. Um, she was running with some more seasoned dogs. And so that was, I think, tough on her just to kind of like learn how to hunt for herself. Um, it's still very beneficial and she got a lot of bird exposure and, it was so funny because there was one part like where we were walking this ditch and there was probably 30 or 40 pheasants that came out of it. And she's just off like hundreds of yards up on this hillside. And you can just hear that little bar like, burp, 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 like just chasing <laughs> like pheasant after pheasant. And it was just like, well, she'll just come back when she's, or she can't catch them, you know? And so, um, so yeah, so that was a great experience too. And then just, you know, with, with friends and, um, you know, just, just being able to like, just see the West too. And that was awesome. But really it's when we got home and uh, started hunting uh, migrant woodcock like here um, at, at home that she really started to kind of put all that together. And so she had some fantastic points on, on some woodcock um, just here at a, a place that I've got here about 10 minutes from the house. I just could not like get a good shot on one. Um, and so I was, I was a little bummed about that. I ended up killing one still, but it, it was not uh, like textbook in that regard. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I tell you what, where it all came together, I, I'd, uh, I was, went down to hunt on this piece of private ground that I, I have permission on here and I got there and it'd been, a lot of it had been mowed down. I was like, well, this is probably going to be over in like 10 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, so we'd hunted it. We did not put up any, any quail. Uh, but I noticed this property behind, I was just like, man, I've never done this, but the worst he can do is just say no. And I'm not saying it always goes like this, but I pulled up and, uh, he, He's like, Hey, how can I help you? And I said, Hey, I, you know, just didn't know if anybody ever quail hunted on your property. And he said, yeah, just go ahead, man. And you know, here's, here's all the, the lines and everything like that. And uh, I was like, sweet. So I just Heck yeah. I got access to like 130 acres in five minutes. <laughs> and, Never uh, hurts to ask, right? Absolutely. So I, I would say that, like, just don't be afraid to do that. Cause the worst thing's going to happen is you're just going to say no. So, um, but anyway, we'd hunted and hunted and, uh, probably for an hour or two. Um, and she got birdie and in this little irrigation ditch, um, where they had mowed for a few years and there was some woody structure and there and all that. Um, and boom, Covey gets up. And so, um, so we're, um, we're at this point I, I'd missed on the Covey rise and like just whiffed completely. I'm not even sure how I did, but, but that always happens. Like I'm, I always tell people I'm more lucky than good. Um, and it seems like it should be easy enough, but it's, it's just not as you know. And, um, but anyway, we, uh, we get to hunting and we'd actually, I'd put up a, a single, I think I actually flushed it just wild by myself. Um, and I took a shot at it, not knowing that I, I, I must've just grazed it. Um, and so, you know, like quail, they don't fly very far at all. They'll go they'll fly 50, hundred yards and just sit back down again. And so I just start kind of start taking us towards where I thought that I went and she had stopped and she found that dead bird that I didn't even know it died. Um, and so that was kind of like one of my first big moments. I was like, you're amazing. I would not have, I wouldn't even know I'd killed a bird if it had not been for you. <laughs> and so there was that, but then we, uh, so we're still, um, you know, flash forward a little bit. We're still working singles. We come down to this tree row, uh, with some standing beans and, um, she's just out in those standing beans and she goes on point and I'm like, 
there's there's got to be a bird out here and probably was running on us just a little bit because it was so kind of open with you know standing beans just how they are um and so i you know i'm just trying to woe her and talk to her and i get up there and uh it's a a male bob white that gets up and i make a good shot on it and so at this point i'm just on cloud nine i'm like (laughs) you pointed this bird i shot it and this is your first season and i was just gonna be happy if you were just excited about birds (laughs) so um so yeah, so and then she had some stellar points even on that day. Um, I unfortunately I missed those birds, but uh, but I still just jacked up about about that that one that quail that she had pointed. And then the next day we actually um, in Indiana it's it's there's wild pheasants in northern Indiana. It's just so sparse. Uh, so unless you have like ground that you can have access to, or we do kind of like a um, it's like a lottery draw system where um, kind of like how they do like in waterfowl in some States um, and they're wild birds and you don't like, it's not like you put money in or anything like that, but you just basically put your name in a hat online. Um, and my buddy got drawn for this and you're able to bring, you know, two people with you. And so, uh, so we got up there, um, we're walking just the edge of this field and just Creek's demeanor just completely changed. And she just started tracking um, this bird and, you know, uh, I don't know if you've ever hunted wild pheasants or not, but like they, they're just notorious just for running, oh, yeah. uh, especially r- roosters. Um, and so we get down uh, to where this, this field just stops and there's just this little clump, like a little tree shrub kind of thing. And she just locks up and I'm like, this bird has to be like, a, this bird is right here. I know it is. Um, and, uh, and it was just sure enough, it was a big fat rooster that got up and we, you know, we smoked it and it was just, just the, you know, this is just the next day after her first quail point, and I'm just like, this weekend has just been <laughs> phenomenal. It's one to remember. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So there's that. Um, and then she, we, she's had some nice points just on quail, just kind of through the season. Beyond that, um, and it's been just a stellar first season. Like with her, I've got no complaints whatsoever. It's been, it's honestly been my my biggest upland hunting season so far. Awesome. Um, and and my best one too, just because I've I've had her with me. So so yeah. let me recap. You you can check the box on your dogs on Creek's first woodcock, first quail, and first pheasant within the first season. Uh, did you did you have any luck on the grouse while you're up in Michigan, or just woodcock? So uh, yeah, so I on that trip, which I was just up there for a couple days, and um, I shot two grouse and uh, two woodcock. Um, so the, the first day, um, we it was a really slow day. We found three woodcock. Um, one actually hit her in the nose <laughs> when it took <laughs> off because it kind of it ran just for a second i was like what is that thing i, didn't, I thought it was like a mouse i didn't know what i thought <laughs> and she got up on it and it just with its wings it just kind of popped her in the, in the muzzle like real quick before it took off that, so, that that'll make her connect the dots right there so but you know we're getting up midday and this is mid-september so i mean we're it's like hot in the middle of the day and i'm, I'm about to like take a break and get back to the car um but then i just hear that sound and i'm like and first you know i i wasn't sure what it was at first and i was like oh crap that's a grouse and so um and i and i know creek at this point like she's not she's probably not going to work this bird um so i just need to we can hunt i I just can't really expect anything out of her so um we ended up flushing that bird two more times and on that second flush um i had shot it not knowing if i did or not everything is just so thick at that point in the year 
Um, and I'm looking around trying to just even find like a feather or some indication of like, you know, that this bird's been hit and I'm calling her over to me, trying to like help her, like get her to help me search. And she's, she's over there standing over the bird. And, uh, so she actually got to find that bird on the ground. So that was really cool that first day. Um, then the second day, um, did, I think how this went, I, I shot one of woodcock that I'd flushed wild. She had found the other one. Um, it wasn't a rock solid point, um, but I still, I still shot it. So whether that's <laughs> right or wrong, but, um, but, um, and then, um, she, she didn't point on a grouse. Um, I will say that, um, she got real birdie and she was tracking for just a moment. And then two or three birds, two or three grouse, like flew out of the Aspen. So I guarantee you that's what she was smelling. I just yeah. I can't think that it was anything else, really. She just didn't connect the dots in time. But, man, it, honestly, I mean, you can't really go wrong with, I mean, heck, it, that's a hell of a first season for a young dog. And, and for you, you know, you're learning as you go along and you take take her for the first time. You're learning just as much as she is. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's for sure. I, and I tell people, it's like, you know, she's training me, you know, and I've got so much to learn on this as a, as a first time handler. And, um, and really like, I'm cause people are like, well, how do you, you know, they'll, I'll talk about her like pointing or whatever. I'll show her a picture of her pointing pigeons at the house. And like, how do you teach her to do that? I'm like, I, I really don't, you know, I just, <laughs> I give her opportunities for her natural instincts to like come to the surface. Yeah. And if you do that, like they're just going to put it together because it's what they were made to do. Exactly. So, yeah, I I mean, it's, it's crazy how often you have to explain to somebody and, and and in all fairness is, is mostly coming from people that have no idea. They've never been around dogs or, or more specifically gun dogs and pointing dogs. They just don't know, but you know, it's a lot of them are really under the impression that we're out there teaching the dogs how to point. And, uh, it's just not true. You know, we're trying to take their natural instinct and grow from it. We're trying to go from their natural instinct into whatever level of steadiness and staunchness and all that fun stuff that we talk about all the time. But you're right. It's just, you know, have the natural instinct and kind of get the heck out of the way, at least to start with. Yeah, absolutely. And isn't it awesome? Like, I mean, it still jacks me up just here at the house. Like whenever she, she finds that pigeon and she just locks up and, like, like my wife was out in the yard with me the other day, just filming. And I was like, isn't that just awesome? Like, she doesn't know why she does that. Mm-hmm. Like, she, yep. but she's just, her instincts are just like to stop and to point it. And, um, you know, I would just, I, I probably need to do some research, but I would just love to know, like, how did that even like come about as far as like, you know, cause that has to like branch back to some type of either conditioning from a handler or just a wild instinct to like, when I locate game, I'm going to, I'm going to point, you know? And so, um, I don't know. It just, it just, that never gets old to me. Just watching a dog, just, um, just go for Like I heard a quote, but like, there's nothing better in all of hunting than watching a dog go from fluid movement to solid unyielding mass. And I was like, man, it's such a great <laughs> description of, you know, it, it's true, man. It's, it only takes one time for somebody to see a pointing dog, you know, slam on the brakes or uh, or just whip around. And, I mean, it doesn't even have to be anything fancy. You know, it doesn't take much to impress somebody that doesn't really know they, they haven't been around. You know, it could just yeah. be... It could just be the world's laziest point or the laziest hunt, and the the new people they don't know any better. They still think it's the coolest thing in the world because they've never right. been exposed to it. 
goes, I want to be a part of this. Exactly. Right? You and then, then you're yeah. hooked. You're, you're getting your own Brittany. And it sounds like you've been running your own pigeon coop too. Am I correct? Did you kind of jump into the pigeon coop uh, as well as the gun dog world? Yeah, I got just an old rabbit hutch from my father-in-law. And uh, yeah, and then just found a guy here, um, another bird dog guy that's here in my community that is just gracious to me where he just gave me a handful of them. And uh, yeah, so I've been I've been keeping those for about, six or seven months now Heck yeah and uh that's been real handy and that's that's kind of a different hobby all of in itself i don't know about you but i've come to where i really enjoy my pigeons whether i'm working on, on dogs or not i just enjoy like watching them fly around it's kind of it might be a little nerdy but to me they're just yeah, fun. It's, right. some, it's something different like they're just fun to watch yeah oh it's so funny because like we've named all of them and like you know i'll go out there and talk like while i'm feeding them talk to them and stuff and it's like i've got like my favorite one that does the best i feel like you know and it's yeah so it, it is kind of like a, a, a dumb little hobby within the bird dog <laughs> hobby itself you know well yeah. well let's back up let's talk about when you first got creek home and back to the learning curve you know what, what did you use to kind of supplement your your knowledge and and downloading the information on how you wanted to go about training her i know that you said pretty much you relied on natural instinct and to get the heck out of the way and just kind of bring her into your daily routine but were there any sources that you used that really helped you kind of get a good head start yeah absolutely um i, I would say like like sources like this like a podcast i don't know uh like i'm a, I'm a huge podcaster not just a, a dog you know bird dog stuff but just a lot of different things um and I, I absorb a fair bit that way i'm not a big reader i wish i was um it's just hard for me to like sit down and like read um and so um there's not not so much of that it you know i there's definitely you know a quick article i can i can check out or something like that I'd say YouTube videos. I mean, we're in the, the age of like YouTube is like, like it's, it's, it's like having like a dad almost, <laughs> you know, that can be like, Hey son, here's how you do this, you know? And, um, so I'd say that's super helpful. Like, um, you know, just, there's, there's so many like bird dog videos out there now, whether it's Tom Dawkins or standing stone kennels or whatever. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that, that format as well. Um, and then I would say like, also for me, what's been a big help is just having, um, the voice of just a, a few mentors just around me, particularly, um, my, my buddy that lives a couple hours away. That's, um, you know, has had bird dogs his pretty much his entire life. Um, and you know, I'll, especially when I first got, got the dog, I was just, I was just so afraid I was going to like break her so to speak and like <laughs> and like just mess something up where like she was gonna be afraid of the gun because hey there was this loud noise and she seemed kind of apprehensive like is she gonna be okay like that kind of stuff that um you just don't know like ab about you know any of this kind of stuff so i'd say that like just having a mentor if you can really get a hold of somebody um whether it's you know going to a, a you know your quail forever chapter meeting or just reach reaching out to somebody i would say honestly like don't be afraid to just reach out to somebody like on instagram or facebook or whatever um i've i've, I've talked to folks that like you know i mean just just like here for you for example just reaching out i mean it was just like you made it so easy and like like zero barrier like you you immediately emailed me back i was like hey man just give me a call sometime and like <laughs> Uh, so just stuff like that, you know, my, my mentor, like I just sent him a message like, one day on Instagram and now like we're really good friends. Um, and so it's the, so I'll just say like utilize the internet um, because there's just so much, like we're like, we're in such an age of information. 
um, now, like where people are highly accessible. And for the most part, like people in the bird dog community want to help. That's been my, um, that's been my experience so far where, you know, like in the like waterfowl world or the deer, deer hunting community, it's, it's, there's still totally like great people within that, but it seems like a little more secretive. And I understand that like you've got your spots, um, and uh, all that. And it seems there's just like a little more like hush hush around like a spot or like, Hey, like, you know, people are maybe like reluctant to like maybe take someone hunting or whatever like that. But it's, I just want to encourage people like there's so many people that are chopping at the bit just to take somebody like pheasant hunting or just to see like what a bird dog does or whatever. Um, so, um, that's been a huge source for me too, of just learning things is just from other like people just on phone conversations and, um, just, just real folks that are like right here in my backyard, you know, or even from afar too, you know? So, no, I mean, yeah. that's, that's great advice. I mean, I, I've kind of, realize the same thing to whereas everybody's you know so closed off to sharing tips on hunting or hunting spots rightfully so you know they're hard-earned you need to go out and find them and that's also part of the fun but if you just need help and and kind of guidance or just ask somebody's opinion you know that's one thing that the gun dog world is not short on is people's opinions uh honestly yep. you know we've done a full episode on drinking from a fire hose way back when to where you kind of have to start fielding what information you take in and and the information that you want to train your own dog by like you mentioned youtube youtube's great if you have the right sources but there's also a lot a lot of questionable stuff out there on youtube to where you just you kind of need to think about it and ask yourself does this really apply to the dog in front of me right now or right. am i trying to fit somebody else's method or or process you're trying to fit you know a, a, a round peg in a square hole or or whatever you know it's like you, you have to be a little cautious about it almost yeah Absolutely. Well, and it's, you know, just, just how we learn stuff differently. Like our dogs learn stuff differently. There's not a one size fits all. And so, you know, I, I very much learn by seeing and doing, I can't just like read something just on black and white paper and be like, okay, like I understand now, like that means most times that means nothing to me. <laughs> and so, um, and our dogs are very much the same way where I can't just watch this uh, video and just, and just lay this overlay this on my dog, especially, you know, a, a fair bit of the time, at least on these videos, these are like dogs that have been through several hunting seasons. Like they, they know the game and my little nine month old puppy does not. And so, um, I can't just, it's not apples for apples. And so, yeah, you do have to kind of run it through a filter, so to speak when it, when you do watch those videos. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, man, I definitely appreciate it. Before I let you go, I got two questions that I'm trying to ask everybody when we do these profile episodes is number one, is there an episode and or guest that we've had on the podcast that's really kind of helped you get started or really kind of helped you jump over a hurdle? Yeah. So I would say that, um, uh, the other day I listened to, uh, it was, it was from this previous year, this, the North Carolina tailgate talk. And, um, and so I've listened to Stephen Faust, um, or Faust, I'm not sure how to say his last name, but, um, a couple of times, um, once on your podcast, um, with that. And then also from, uh, Nick Larson as well on the project Upland podcast and yep. just really enjoyed just, just kind of learning about like, um, specifically like in his region, North Carolina, just, just the Appalachian, just hunting kind of stuff. Like I'm just very drawn to that for, for whatever reason, you know, I mean, it's, you know, but, um, 
and I've, I've messaged him some on Instagram. He's been very helpful to me as well. Just kind of talking through some things. Um, but there's something that he said in that on your podcast, um, that just really resonated with me, um, that specifically, and, and we're talking specifically in, uh, Appalachian grass hunting here. And I would say for me as well, um, with Southern Indiana quail hunting, because it's, it's about the same where you can walk all day. And if you find <laughs> yeah. a bird or birds, like that's, that's been a really good day. Yeah. And so that, that dog needs to have the, the demeanor and the wherewithal, he said to that if it's four o'clock in the afternoon, they're still going to handle that bird really well. Um, and that just really, there's something about that really just stuck with me. It's like, man, like I, I, I want my dog to be that way. And honestly, like, I want myself to be that way where I need to kind of treat that is uh, there's going to be a bird around this corner, even though statistically there's a good chance there's not one, but when you let your guard down, that's when it happens. And, um, and then you're kicking yourself the rest of the day. Cause it's like, man, I had my one chance and I wasn't ready. I didn't have like, you know, I was looking the other way or I was like, like I pulled my phone out and I was just looking at something or yeah. whatever. And, um, so for, uh, you know, that's kind of like an intangible or kind of like philosophical thing more than maybe like a, a practical thing. But I just think like in your training and just kind of how, like the, how you want your dog to be and how you want to be as a hunter. Um, I think that that just really stuck out to me. And it's like, man, that's the kind of like dog I want to run and the kind of hunter I want to be where it's like, I'm, I'm kind of just always hunting hungry, so to speak. And so is my dog. You know? Absolutely. So. No, that, that's a great tip. I just looked it up. Uh, the North Carolina tailgate talk is episode 96. If you guys are interested in going back and listening to it, I'm kind of impressed that like just that one, one saying from Stephen Faust kind of stood into your, into your mind. And, and it's good to hear because it is a great lesson, especially when you're hunting in low populated areas with birds to where mindset is everything. And don't think for a second, your dogs don't pick up on your body language. And if you're mentally into it or not, because you can just look at the dog during a training session, if your mind's not in it and they pick up on it. And so yeah. if, you, if you're not in the right mindset, how can you expect your dog to be in the right mindset? Yep. Absolutely, man. That's a great. So on the last question, give me a story of something you royally screwed up, you know, a learning lesson, something that maybe the person listening to this, getting their first Brittany and wants to hunt can avoid. What's something that you screwed up because we all screw up something, right? Oh man. Yeah. No, that's a great question. I definitely have. I've just, uh, let me think. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, I'm really I'm not trying to sound <laughs> like I've got it all together. Cause I, I am, I, I am the, the lowliest of the lowest when it comes to bird dog trainers, but, um, man, I don't know. Nothing um, comes to mind. Nothing sticks out. I'll say, okay, I've got something. I got something. So, um, you know, uh, for me, train like with woe training, um, in the house, I've made kind of woe sy synonymous with just like stop and don't do anything, uh, which is which is essentially what we want our dogs to do whenever they've got a bird, you know, pointed um, in that moment. Um, for me, what I've noticed is that when I say woe, a lot of times, if once Creek picks up on that, she'll just lay down. Um, and now when she goes out and she points pigeons in the yard, there'll be times where she's just, she'll just go up to the, the pigeon and she'll just lay down, um, <laughs> almost like a, like a old, like a setter would. And, um, and so, um, you know, 
I've been uh, like, I've been told that you, that you're probably going to have to use a different word. Um, when it comes to like your, your quote unquote, your woe training. Um, so whether it's easy or just, you know, or hold or, uh, 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 or something like that. Um, so for me, like, cause I, I've always dreamed like this maybe sound kind of, so I've just always dreamed of like having that dog just locked down on point and me go, whoa, whoa, you know, walk up and then a bird gets up, you know? Um, so I don't know. I, I still haven't like had a ton of opportunities to necessarily even reinforce that. Um, uh, with, cause without the pigeon situation at home, it's still like a foot release. So I still have to walk up there on it. I haven't really got her, uh, to like necessarily hold point for that. Um, still and not break. Um, obviously a wild bird is not going to give her that luxury most times. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'd say that like, I don't know if it's a mistake, but just maybe something I would like would use the word differently, like in the house or, you know, like whether it's weight or whatever. Um, but inversely, I've also got all these other words that I can still use in the field or in the woods when it comes to like wanting her to hold on point, you know? Um, so that's, that's like, not, not the, not the, like the most robust mistake. No. You know, well, but, it's, it's um, a very yeah. common one if you really think about it. Cause I mean, how many times have you heard in your life? Don't ever teach a pointing dog to sit. And essentially this is the same thing. Your dog over, over just reps, just classical conditioning over and over and over again, learned that when you said, whoa, for her to, to lay down you know, you, you allowed it to happen. And so her, her natural instinct was when you said, whoa, she would lay down and then it's going to translate in the field. That's the same thing that people are talking about when you teach a dog to sit. That's all it is, is you can teach a gun dog to sit or a pointing dog to sit. Just don't make it the go-to thing. You know, don't, don't always make it part of a routine to where the dog's natural instinct is to whenever it's confused or feels a little bit of pressure, it relents and goes to sit because that's what they're doing is, oh, well, in the past, if I sit down, then the pressure gets relieved, right? Or I get a mm, reward or yeah. I get a treat. So it's the same thing. You, you know, you're just replacing sit with, with lay down. So it's a very common, common quote unquote mistake. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's something that can easily be rectified. Well, maybe not easily, just with some time and, and consistency, right? But your dog's still young. She's not even one year old, right? Yeah, no, she she just turned one year old. Yeah, yeah. just, just the, earlier this month. Yeah, so you have a whole training season to knock that out. And, and man, Ryan, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And I look forward to hearing what you and Creek get into in the future. Because if you if you knocked out the first season like this, the way you did, I, I can only imagine what you're going to do on the second and third season. Yeah, well, thanks, man. No, I, I really appreciate your time. And, and I just want to say, too, like for everybody that's listening, uh, I didn't start doing this till I was in my twenties. Um, and I think like, it's an intimidating thing for a person to like, man, I don't, I don't even know like where to get started. Um, and I just want to say that like confidence rarely precedes action. And what I mean by that is like, you just need to like do it yes. <laughs> and like, just get going. Like you said yourself, I just listened to you the other day, say something about like, when I took off grouse hunting, like I just, I, I would make a, a seasoned grouse hunter cringe in the cover that I walked <laughs> in, you know, and, and yeah. like, but, but like you, but all that stuff has like led you to this point still. Right. Yeah. And so you just have to just get moving. And so whether that's like, just, you don't even need to get a dog necessarily. Maybe you're like listening right now and you don't have a dog. Just like I hunted a long time without a dog and just fell in love with the whole world of it before I ever brought that piece into it and just love it that much more now. But but like, you're not going to ever like, quote unquote, feel like 
it's like a good time to start necessarily. You're always going to be kind of have that apprehension and that fear. But my advice is just like, just do it and you'll just get more confident. Uh, just as our bird dogs do, like whenever they just get in front of wild birds, they just get more confident as they hunt more and connect with that natural instinct. And it's not, it's not too far from, from us being the same thing as well. Just, just get moving and that confidence will grow and you'll, you'll be so glad that you did if you have any, you know, like interest in doing this. Thanks for listening to GDIY. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy this podcast and would like to contribute even more to future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup just have to replace it again and year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukanuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pups start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukanuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.